Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, welcome in. I'm Doug Gottlieb. This is All Ball, where we have great basketball, usually basketball-based conversations. Sometimes if you look through our library, there are uh, there are non-basketball conversations. With football. We've done a lot of football. We've done some baseball as well. Uh, today's episode is part one of Tyler Hansborough. You may know him as Psycho T, but that's not actually the nickname that everyone who truly knows him calls him. So, Maybe this is a great way of saying you listen to the Doug Gottlieb show or you listen to the All Ball podcast, right? That you know the real nickname for Tyler Hansborough. Oh, that's good, right? Yeah, it's in here. There's a lot of good stuff in here. Um, his dad went to Missouri. Why'd he go to Carolina? You have to jog your memory a little bit of the time. What was his high school days like? Where did he visit? What was his best visit? All that stuff is in part one. Tyler Hansborough, former National Player of the Year, national champion, a guy who beat Duke at Duke all four years at North Carolina. My uh, exclusive podcast with him is right now in All Ball. Tyler, let's, let's start at the start, the very beginning, okay? What I know of is Poplar Bluff High School, but is that where you grew up? I grew up in Poplar Bluff, Missouri, small town, small community. Um, it's a hardworking blue collar community. If you ask me, uh, in the middle of nowhere. Uh, and I know a lot of, there's a lot of pride in Poplar Bluff too. Anybody that's been from a small town realizes, uh, how prideful small towns can be, but our, I'll just give you, a, um, something that, uh, I tell a lot of people, it's about two and a half hours from the closest airport and everyone kind of is like, wow. Uh, when I say that, uh, but, yeah, I, I grew up in Popper Bluff, Missouri. I was actually born in Columbia, Missouri, uh, where my dad went to school. Um, but yeah, I, I you know, I love being from Popper Bluff. Um, what's the what's the gym like? The high school gym like? The the high school gym, I will tell you if you were to walk in there when I played, it would probably be the best high school gym you've ever been in. It was unbelievable. We had um I, I would say probably it holds probably around 2,000 to maybe 3,000. And uh, the cool thing is 
when uh, I grew up watching basketball um, in my community uh, all the time, I can tell you around Christmas time, every high school, every small town, they have this basketball tournament. And so uh, in Popper Bluff, they have the uh, the showdown and it's where they, you know, have, you know, some teams, high school teams from the towns around uh, close to Popper Bluff. And then they always bring in, you know, they always pay a team to come in that's really good. Uh, and that team usually beats up on everybody. And actually, Popper Bluff, <laughs> before uh, my team started, uh, you know, my when I was in high school, we never really even won the showdown, which is kind of odd. But um, it's uh, it is a great gym. And I remember when when I first started watching the high school games, there wasn't a big crowd. But me and my brother and our team, uh, I would say my sophomore year, we sold out every single game. And the community really rallied behind us. And it's uh, there's something about small town high school gyms that uh, oh, it's the best. It, it's the best. There's nothing like it. And the work we put in every single day, uh, we had an old school high school coach, uh, John David Botello and Glenn Eubanks. Now, nobody, there's no coach in all of America that outworked uh, Coach Eubanks. Coach Eubanks would have us in the gym at 5.30 in the morning. Every single off-season, doesn't matter. You're in the gym at 5.30 till school starts around 7.30. And you're doing something, work on your free throws or whatever. And uh, that was just, you know, part of my high school and the way we worked. Uh, okay, so growing up, you mentioned your dad going to Mizzou. Was your, was your house like a Mizzou everywhere house? Was, was it... Like what was what was the sports atmosphere like in your house? I, I give you my example. My dad was a old college coach. Uh, he was an Ohio State alum, but we weren't really. I don't remember ever watch. I, I remember watching Ohio State basketball. There was a point guard named Jay Burson, who was awesome. Uh, but we watched Big East basketball even out in California because it was on at four o'clock on Mondays, and there was lots of California kids that played at Syracuse that had played for him, that played at UConn. Um, so there wasn't like one school we watched. We love basketball in my house, but we watched. He was a New York Giants football fan, et cetera, et cetera. What was your sports household like? We were Mizzou, and it wasn't even close. Like we, I grew up a Missouri Tigers fan, and it was uh, Cream Rush was there. Uh, I think is uh, Clarence Gilbert. I think that was somebody sure. who was there. I, I used to love yeah. watching Clarence Gilbert. He used to light it up. Um, and then they had uh, Norm Stewart, Storm and Norman. Um, I grew up a huge Mizzou fan. And uh, so we, when I was in high school, one uh, game that my dad always took me to, me and my brothers, was the Mizzou-Illinois game in, in St. Louis. It was a great rivalry. Sure. And it was always packed. And going to those games really made me love the game. I just – the atmosphere and the rivalry, uh, the border war um, – to say, but I, I grew up a huge Mizzou fan, and then eventually, when I was you know getting recruited by Mizzou, our tickets got a lot better uh, when we started. Uh, me and my brother started getting recruited, but uh, yeah, I grew up a Mizzou fan, and I will say, uh, in high school when they started recruiting me, um, they were they gotten they got themselves into a lot of trouble. Their program had some issues when Quinn Snyder was there. They started firing mm -hmm. uh, assistant coaches. Some players are in trouble, and 
that's where I started looking elsewhere when I was in high school at my recruitment. And I think that's what really opened the door for North Carolina, to be honest, um, when they were going through all those issues. When you're playing at Poplar Bluff, what was your exposure like to the rest of the country's basketball? At your AAU scene, when did you start to travel and compete against uh, other areas? So the, the AAU scene, uh, I would say probably my sophomore year. And I remember I was, you know, there's this pers- perspective that when you're from a small town, that how am I going to get exposure? And that is just the mindset that, you know, not a lot of people come through Papa Bluff. How, you know, I want to play college basketball. How are people going to see me? And I wish I had the mindset now looking back, listen, if you're good enough, people are going to find you. I don't care where you're at. Sure. If you, if you're good enough, people will find you. And so my sophomore year um, in high school, I started playing for an AU program in St. Louis, which is about a two and a half hour drive. And so me and my brother, we started going up there and playing occasional um, AAU games and tournaments. And I think the AAU now has really taken off. It wasn't quite what it is today back then. Um, And it was still a lot. So um, that's where, you know, I started playing with the St. Louis Eagles, which they have a a ton of good players came from that program. Bradley Bill, David Lee, Larry Hughes, uh, a lot of guys. And so who was who was on your who was on your uh, first of all were you a were you always big like what when you entered high school how big were you <laughs> I was like my freshman year I was probably about 6'6 180 I was super skinny okay. I was uh no I and actually I grew probably 4 to 5 inches between my 8th grade and ninth grade year so going into okay. my freshman year, I remember coming in and people you just all like all legs and arms running up and yeah, down the court. And right? I had, it, I wasn't weak, but I was super skinny, and I did get bullied a little bit. And <laughs> it's funny because By who the older like so I wanted to play on the the varsity team, and I, I felt like I was good enough, and I did. But I had the high school coach who you're going to earn your position. And I knew that, you know, juniors and seniors, they weren't going to give me anything, especially there's a lot of pride. You get your spot taken by a freshman in high school. Uh, that's a big deal. And it's also an ego blow. And so I used to come out there and uh, my older brother was out there too. Nobody fouls harder than my older brother, Greg. Uh, and he used to, he used to foul the shit out of me in practice. The, all the seniors used to just drill me. Uh, but eventually, that's what pushed me to put the work in in the weight room. I uh, started eating protein shakes, everything, and put a lot, put on a lot of weight uh, to get ready for my sophomore year. But my freshman year, we had some pretty good uh, players, uh, athletic players. We could run a lot, and I would say we, you know, I, I, we were pretty good. Um, we started making some noise, winning some games. I broke my leg. Uh, at the end of my high school uh, season, last game of the year, I snapped my leg in half and had to have four screws put in there. And so that kind of, I was playing in the last in the last game of the year in the uh, state playoffs. I got a fast break and I was going up for a dunk. And my I had just grown so much that my bones weren't strong enough to really you know, withstand a lot of pressure. And I just went down and when I, uh, you know, tried to jump, my leg just snapped. And so 
uh, I spent pretty much that freshman to sophomore summer <laughs> uh, rehabbing my knee. And luckily, my dad is an orthopedic surgeon. So my dad did a ton of my rehab. I remember we used to go run stairs, uh, strengthen it. And I was pretty lucky to have my dad uh, with a medical background to really help me through that one. So you start traveling, you're growing. You mentioned that that going to those Illinois-Mizzou games really kind of made you want to play college basketball. When did when did you take off? When did your game start to explode? When was the when was the moment? I know exactly. It's the um, there's this uh, there was this Nike hoop jamboree in St. Louis, and I think it was my sophomore year. My AAU coach. Um, he comes up to me. He's like, Hey, we think you're pretty good. And there's a soup jamboree. We're, we're going to pull some strings and we're going to let you play in there. And so he was just like, this is a big deal. Like if you want to get on a map, you got to play well here. And I remember putting a lot of pressure on myself. So I, I worked my ass off in the gym. I mean, I was in the gym shooting everything, trying to, you know, hone in my game. And I remember going to that hoop jamboree, and that's probably some of the best basketball I played. But I remember there was one other player there who I thought was like, man, this guy's incredible. Uh, it was Greg Oden. And Greg Oden came out of the hoop jamboree too. And if anybody remembers Greg Oden in high school or saw him in high school, that guy was a highlight. And it was just like, you're like, there's no way this kid's in just a high schooler. I mean, he was dominating. And I remember uh, that's the first experience I had with somebody who was just really, really good. And uh, I was in high school and I was just like, man, but uh, me and him both came out of that hoop jamboree. And then I think we got invited to the Nike All-American camp in Indianapolis. And that's where things kind of took off. And that's where, uh, that's where I started getting a bunch of colleges contacting uh, my high school coaches and then they start showing up at my high school. That's where the recruitment really took off or where I kind of came up on the scene. Um, first time you met Roy Williams or saw Roy Williams. <laughs> that was at the Nike All-American camp. And he was there recruiting another player. And I happened to be playing against him. And I can't remember which – I can't remember who it was. I want to say it was Derek Character, but uh, Coach said it was somebody else. I'm not sure. But I remember I had a good game, and then all of a sudden, Coach Williams followed me to every single game after that at that tournament. The next day, he was at everything. The next day, and then all of a sudden, they know North Carolina was contacting my uh, my high school, and so that's when the recruitment for North Carol North Carolina really took off. Um, okay, so what what was that recruitment period like? So here's what Coach Williams is famous for, and I think you probably know this. And again, is um, he was always known as the head coach that would do it himself. He wanted you. He was sitting midcourt for your games. He'd be there at your practice, and he'd personally arrange practices so that they'd be early, right? And then he can go recruit. Like the day before you guys have a day off, he'd have an early practice so he can go fly and go wherever. I, I know this because he recruited Paul Pierce, who I played with uh, some my the summer before my senior year, and then he recruited Eric Chenoweth, both to Kansas, right, who I grew up with. And so you always, back then, you wanted, if Roy Williams was there, who he was there to see was like, damn, Coach Williams is here. Um, 
Mm-hmm. Is that is that how it happened with you? Did he was he at in Poplar Bluff, like it, sitting there courtside? Yeah, yeah, he he was. Uh, yeah, he would show up in Poplar Bluff uh, quite often uh, just to come watch me play. You know, even open gym, and um, he would fly right there. But the the one thing that was different with Coach Williams uh, when he was recruiting me is I kind of felt an honesty from Coach Williams that I didn't get a lot from. Uh, other coaches. Now, I'm not saying other coaches lied or anything, but with Coach Williams, uh, there was no like, yeah, you come here, you'll start. Uh, I'll give you minutes, blah, blah, blah. Even though he was like, I'd be shocked if you didn't play here a lot. Um, but he he made sure that uh, I was going to earn my position at North Carolina. Also, they didn't know that you know when he was recruiting me, Sean May was going to leave uh, early. You could probably guess that Marvin Williams was going to leave early. Uh, but, uh, none of that was like kind of given to me, but also the other aspect from North Carolina that I really liked, there was, uh, Joe holiday, who was an assistant coach for coach Williams. Uh, he was somebody who I built a really good relationship with, and he always called to check up on me. And I just felt a connection and a chemistry with coach holiday that I didn't get from a lot of other schools. And he was a great, he was, he's probably the best college recruiter that no one really talks about, uh, who is with coach Williams all the time. Uh, and he, I really felt comfortable with him and knowing coach Williams, coach Williams recruited me as hard as anybody, probably harder. And also sent me a ton of handwritten notes. Uh, and, I was I was laughing because I was thinking I was like, "There's no way Coach Williams is writing all these notes to me. There's no way he's sending me all these letters. He's got to have a secretary doing it or something like that." But then, you know, as I was at Carolina, I realized it was him because his handwriting. If you know his handwriting, sure. nobody can duplicate that. Is I mean, it's it's cursive, it's perfect, and uh, I knew it was him. And I just kind of laughed, like thinking about all that time he spent writing me those letters. Um, but that's that's really how the North Carolina recruitment, uh, you know, picked up for me, and that's you know why I like them so much. Where where else did you visit? Uh, well, actually, um, I visited Kansas with Bill Self. I really like Bill Self a lot. Um, Florida, uh, Billy Donovan was there. Actually, I I originally thought I was going to go to Florida, and Florida actually had me, but my dad wasn't sold on Florida as much as I was was he he kept saying that Tyler that's a football school and you know it's kind of odd because my dad didn't think they'd win a national championship they (laughs) ended up winning they won back-to-back national championships (laughs) which is hilarious how uh, how much much shit have you given him over that like hey uh we we really haven't visited much because things really worked out well at North Carolina. No, I know they but did, but it is, they, it is funny when somebody yeah, goes to football but, school and they can win back-to-back national championships. And I, I don't think anybody's done it since. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. 
if you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Okay, so uh, Kansas, Florida, Carolina, who else? Kentucky, Tubby Smith at uh, Kentucky was really good. He was he was up there. It was a tough decision. Tubby made it hard. I really really liked Tubby. I felt like he's a genuine guy. Uh, worked hard. And then was it was there? Did you take all five? Who was the fifth? Mizzou. Okay. And that was that was mm-hmm. that was shit show time, right? Was Quinn still there, or they had they fired him? No, Quinn was there, and uh, actually, I, I like Quinn a lot. Uh, but their their program and there's just so many rumors, and they had so much going on. Yeah. Uh, that uh, really made it tough. Okay, so um, what was the best visit? Forget about forget about what was the best visit. Florida. It's not even close. Florida was the best visit. Paint I the mean, uh, Paint David. The David Lee was my host. Which you know, David Lee. He's from St. Louis. I was a young high schooler. I was a freshman when he was a senior. So he was like a top player in the country. And so I had I had watched David Lee play all the time for uh, I think he he played for Chaminade I think uh, yeah something like that uh, in St Louis and so he was he was one of the first really good high school players that I watched and I mean David Lee in high school he was doing everything he was bringing it up the court dunking it shooting it whatever yeah and uh, so I remember when I went to Florida David Lee was going to be my host which at the time I mean I I looked up to David Lee a lot a Missouri guy doing big things and. You know, big time high school player. And so, I mean, we go out and uh, obviously uh, I was a high school kid and I had been exposed to many, you know, college parties or whatever. We go to this club and uh, I mean, it, I mean, I've never seen I was in awe of how I mean, the beautiful women and everything. It seemed like every girl was coming up and talking to me. I remember looking over, is this what it's like to play here at Florida? And uh they're like, yep. Of course, they're like, oh, yeah, every every night. And so I was just like, I'm coming. And so I told him that it was the best visit. And, uh, yeah, it was uh, – I, I I can't imagine what my eyes look like uh, as a young high schooler uh, on that Florida visit. It was amazing. What was the worst visit? Uh, the worst visit would be North Carolina. And <laughs> it's funny I say that because – uh, when I was in North Carolina on my visit, they had a historic ice storm and the ice storm closed all the airports, everything. I had gone out with the guys and it was, it was a good time, but you know, I was quiet high school kid and I don't know. It just didn't, something didn't sit right with me that visit. And so, um, I went back and, it, you know, I really liked the coaches, but I was just like, man, I don't, I don't know if this is a good fit. Um, didn't have the best visit. 
And so my dad talked me into another visit, coach. And so I went back out there and actually Wes Miller hosted me this time. His unofficial wanted me to go back. And Wes is one of my best friends now. But uh, we went out and had a good time. And I was like, man, this is possible at UNC. And I was like, yeah, this is a much better visit. And so that that would be up there with that was right behind Florida's visit, but we had a, a good time. And so that's, uh, that's basically how I ended up at North Carolina. Yeah. He, uh, I actually did a, did a pod with him. I mean, there's, that's like Mr. North Carolina, right. To go from, from uh, starting as a freshman at, at uh, JMU to then walk on and then be a star there. That's a pretty solid, pretty solid story from Wes. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. So did you, did you sign before your senior year? Um. I committed my junior year. I signed my senior year. Okay. So, Um, but you committed. What's that mm -hmm. senior year in high school like when you're going to North Carolina? So every small town you go to and play against, you're going to Carolina. What was the energy like in all those high school gyms? Actually, it started probably my junior year. I I mean, my high school team, we were, uh, we were very good. So my other brother, Ben, who was on my team, was a very good college player. Then we had, People don't really. We had a Division One running back, Todd Tinsley, played uh, SIU, and then we had another guy uh, play JUCO. Then we had another D one uh, football player who got hurt, could have played, uh, and he was actually bigger than me. He's about six nine, two, two ninety, two eighty, just a big dude. And so we were a legit high school team. And so junior year, we started getting a lot of a lot of hype around us. And so we started smashing every team in, in, in the local area and uh, which Popper bluff, we usually have a competitive basketball team, but from that junior year, we really dominated Missouri and you know, all the, all the rivalries close by and all the teams that, that were ranked, they would, I mean, the games would start selling out two hours, before the games, you know, you couldn't get into the building and the atmosphere, I mean, was unbelievable. I mean, it was, it was fun to play in and be part of. And, uh, we, we won state my junior year, but, uh, there was a, a really good high school team who also won state, which was a class below us. We were the, we were five a and in the class below us was this high school team named Vashon, which was one of the top ranked teams in the country and they had won, you know, 30, 40 games or whatever in a row. And so the next year they reclassified to five a. And so there were, they were kind of, there was all these rumors and rumblings about Vashon was a better team, blah, blah, blah. And we were a small town, middle of nowhere school. They were inner city St. Louis. And so you had that dynamic at play and there was a lot of voices and they were hyping the game up. So that next year going into my senior year, uh, there were, there were a lot of cool games, but to start off the year we had, we, we actually played a game on ESPN, uh, against Greg Oden, Mike Conley in Hinkle Fieldhouse, which was a really cool cool experience for, Yeah. yeah, it was big time for our, for our hometown, our program. I mean, we were on ESPN. Everything was great. <laughs> and uh, when we went on that trip, the the funny thing I remember about it is is uh, I I knew who Greg Oden. I mean, I know Greg Oden. I've seen him play a lot, but a lot of my teammates haven't. And so when we we're game planning, 
we had uh my best friend Ross Wellen, who was like six, six, nine, the big dude. And he was our banger. I mean, he was an absolute banger. And so he was physical. He really embodied defense. And I was like, man, you didn't have your hands full this game. And so I knew he was going to help me out a lot because he could wear Greg Owen down. And he did a great job on him in the first half. The second half, Greg Owen dunked on him probably four or five times, just monster. Tomahawk, hammer jam right on his face. And I remember after the game, he was my roommate. We're both sitting, laying down. And then, you know, he was being the top plays, done and up, done and up. And they just had, they just had Ross just getting dunked on three times in a row as the highlights. And you could hear the whole hallway, our high school team just start dying laughing. And, uh, you know, and I remember that. That was really, uh, funny. Uh, but, uh, you know, we, we went on and we, you know, that year we pretty much dominated most teams that we played. We were a really good, good team. And then to eventually we got to the state playoffs and we met Vashon in the state finals. And they had won, I think at the time, 52 games or 53 games in a row. They're actually the number one team in the country. And so uh, we went in there and I remember we won the the state championship the next year against Vashon, which was a huge deal for our school. And the fan bases, you could tell who was pulling for Vashon. You could tell who was pulling for Papa Bluff before you pulled up. And I wasn't a big, you know, shit talker back in the day. But I will tell you, my younger brother, Ben, who is a 180 personality for me, he was a big shit talker. Ross Wellen was a big shit talker. And those two dudes would talk smack before. And I remember when we started passing, we passed Vashon as we're going into the, uh, it was the new arena for uh, Mizzou at the time. That's where we played the state championship. And Vashon said something. And all of a sudden, I knew Ben and Ross just jumped on it. They started talking a little smack too. But I was just sitting back there and, uh, you know, winning that game was a huge deal for our community, obviously, but also to, uh, you know, it seemed like Vashon kind of dominated uh, Missouri basketball and also intimidated a lot of teams from St. Louis. Yeah. And being from Popper Bluff and that small town pride, as growing up, this is a wrong way to look at it, but being from a small town, we always viewed the city you know, city people is kind of like, ah, not really hard workers. And, you know, they kind of have, they kind of have everything a little easy. And so I think that perspective, and and, and I carried that view in high school. I thought, you know, most teams from St. Louis were kind of soft. Sure. And so, um, I mean, look, there's the, there's the, there's the age old, like, you know, they, all they do is try and go one-on-one, you know, we play as a team, mm-hmm. right. We're harder working. It's the classic city versus the country. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly what it was. And uh, I remember we went out there and beat up on them, and we won the game. It was a huge deal. And uh, actually, they had something uh, set up on TV for after the game. They thought uh, it was on Fox Sports, and uh, they thought Vashon would just win the game. And so they had something programmed talking about the road to perfection and winning a state championship where they had followed that team around the whole year and they were going to put everything together for after when they won the state championship. And then, and then we won it. And, uh, so, uh, they, it kind of ruined their, uh, their episode after the state championship, which everyone from my hometown really liked. Uh, but no, that, that was, uh, that was big time for us. 
McDonald's All-American game. What was that like? That, that was a great experience. Um, you know, and, and looking back on it, uh, you know, you, you, there's a little pol- there's some politics in there, but you know, being a top player, I mean, and getting teamed up, you realize how you know the game itself isn't all that important. Uh, but just being there and then being selected uh, was a big deal. I'm not sure anybody from Popper Bluffs has been a McDonald's All American. Uh, since or before, but uh, yeah, it was a big deal for for me and my community. Well, it's, it's, it's interesting because it's like I here's how I picture it because this is I didn't play in the uh, McDonald's. I played in the Magic's, which is now the Jordan brand, right? And mm-hmm. I just remember like I was playing to win, you know. Like I, I actually the whole week in practice, like I was studying Stephon Marbury because I didn't want to get lit up by Stephon Marbury. So I I figured out that he wanted to drive out of his right hand and shoot pull-ups out of his left hand, you know? And mm-hmm. so, so I was like pushing up on him, making him go left. And if you look back, like he had a terrible game shooting the basketball. He was, I want to say like two for 12. I don't think he hit any on me. And I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to get crossed up, whatever. And I only hit, I only took like two shots or maybe three shots at a bunch of assists. But I, I, t- I look back at him with pride, like, Hey, my team won by 30. But again, that's not what that game is about. I kind of picture you the same way. It's like you're you're playing like I want to get a rebound, I want to run, and meanwhile, every, everybody else is like they're just kind of having fun. Is that was that your experience mm-hmm. when you're playing it? Yeah, I, I prep for it. I mean, when I had the when the game was going on, I was like, no, nah, I'm gonna come out here and dominate um, and try to win the game. But uh, looking back, you know, I realized, you know, after the game, I was like, that was still, you know, you you played in you know, high schoolers could go to the NBA and that was kind of like a, a big deal. And so I, I realized a lot of people were trying to position themselves for, you know, draft stock or whatever. And uh, so there was so much pressure on a lot of kids put on themselves, you know, to, so eventually everyone played selfish and, you know, you'd see the parents come down start talking to their kid or whatever. Actually, I can't say who it was, but one, I remember one parent pulled their kid out and said, don't go back in. And I was just like, man, what the hell? And, uh, but yeah, looking back on the game, it was also cool that's because that's I met crazy, him. right? That's something crazy. I know. Yeah. The, the parent came down and was like, no, you're done. Don't play anymore because they thought they were positioning their kid for a draft stop. Right. And, uh, but the other side of that is uh, I got to meet uh, Bobby Frazier, uh, Danny Green, uh, all at the McDonald's game, which we eventually went to Carolina together. So it was a chance to meet some of my teammates, uh, which I, looking back, that was a pretty good just experience as well. You show up at, uh, at Carolina. When did you get there? Summer or fall? Summer before my freshman year. And uh, when I first walked onto campus, I remember I remember calling my mom and I was just like, man, I'm, I'm lost. This place is so big. And I was like, this can you just like, tell me where I'm at? I have no clue where I'm going. Like I'm, I'm lost on campus and <laughs> looking back, man, this place is not that big. Uh, just being from Popper bluff. I was just, I was just so, I mean, the campus was just so big to me at the time, but realizing it now, knowing what I know now, it's just, you know, UNC is not a big campus. Uh, but I was blown away by the place. Um, you know, it's, 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 much different than Poplar Bluff, where I'm from. Okay, so you you get ready for 
what was your preseason condition like? What Car- Carolina preseason conditioning? What was that like? I was so I had so much anxiety that I wasn't going to pass the conditioning test that I was in the best shape of my life. What was the conditioning I mean, test? You ever heard of thirty threes? So it's six down and backs in thirty three seconds. So one, yeah, two, three, four, five, six. So it's yeah. six touches down and back three times. Baseline to base. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So you got yourself worked up that you couldn't pass the three and thirty three. No, we did twelve of them, and you had oh, a, a minute. Oh, that's a little we, different. Yeah, so, so you had a minute rest in between each thirty-three, and you had to make twelve of them, and uh, consecutively. Yeah, so it's back to so it's back to back with the minute rest in between each thirty-three, and so um, I I was so paranoid about that. Everyone had talked about how hard the conditioning test is. That uh, actually, my freshman year. I had no problems with it. I passed it and I was, you know, super excited about it. And I was in the best shape of my life. Uh, not to mention that test is a beast and they don't even do that test anymore. I remember I always like to kind of like, that is my gauge, how tough guys are when they come in their freshman year, see sure. if they can do that conditioning test. And, uh, but, um, it's funny because my sophomore year, I did so well on the conditioning test that my sophomore year I had to I threw up and had to drop out because uh I didn't have the anxiety that I did uh, the previous year about it. So I I wasn't nervous or paranoid that I wasn't going to make it. So I didn't take it as serious and uh I ended up throwing up 133 which you can miss one but you have to make it up uh after the 12th one. So there's so you have to make 12 uh but if you miss one, you get one chance to make that up one time. But if you miss two, you have to redo the whole test. And so, and what you can't play until one. you you can't play until you pass the test. Is that the, the deal? That that was the rule in the early days when I was there. And so, um, I I missed one my sophomore year, but I I got the chance to make it up just because it was one, and I made it. Uh, but I did puke halfway through. Um, I remember that, but the conditioning test was so great because you're in better shape for the conditioning test than you are at any point in the season. If you ask me, I mean, you're healthy. You're not, you don't have your body's not as banged up and all you're doing is preparing for the conditioning test. Cause you're, you know, you're so paranoid about not passing it. Kind of interesting. Your first year, you're defending national champions. They'd won the national championship in St. Louis, Right. Against Illinois, mm-hmm. by the way, like all kinds of kind of back to, to Illinois. But, you know, most of those guys had left. Most of those guys were, were gone. Um, what the first time you put on your Carolina uniform, Argyle on the side, mm-hmm. what's that like? The, the uniform, I mean, it's the best uniform. Not in close. Uh, it's the best. It's not, not, yeah. Close. It, 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 the, the, the Carolina blue is the best. And, uh, and so I, I, you know, it was a big deal. Also, the Jordan brand, you know, having that Jordan symbol on, on the uniform was really, really cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, I never really got caught up in that, but I remember running out into the uh, the Smith Center and thinking how cool it was to hear the band and the atmosphere uh, in that place and the energy. Uh, but the, to be honest, you know, our team we didn't have a lot of expectations my freshman year. Not a lot of people thought we were going to be very good. 
And uh, they had just won a national championship. They lost Raymond Felton, Rashad McCants, uh, Sean May, Marvin Williams, uh, Jawad Williams. And so a lot of people were, you know, saying, oh, this is going to be a down year. And so actually, in a lot of ways, my freshman year was probably one of my favorite years in college. Obviously, uh, winning national championships are real cool. And everyone thinks that's a, that's a year I really liked. But uh, my senior year, there was a lot of pressure. And also, I was working through some injuries. And so it was a tough year if you combine all that stuff. But my freshman year was was really exciting because there wasn't a lot of expectations. And it seemed like everyone had kind of written us off. But what they didn't take into account is how tough that team was. I mean, Wes Miller, who was a super competitor, extremely tough. Uh, he was a he was a main player on that team. Uh, Bobby Frazier, who worked his tail off, a blue collar player. Marcus Skinyard really embraced his role. Danny Green came in there, knocked down some big shots, and then we had a, a leader in David Noel, who was really good uh, and had a lot of experience and really showed us, um, you know, led us in a way that you know, made that team tough. And that was probably my favorite year at Carolina. And it's just the fact that we had took a lot of people by surprise and we took a lot of pride in that. Um, and I think looking back on that, the game that really stands out is the game where we walked into Cameron when uh, JJ Reddick, Sheldon Williams, it was their senior year. Senior, se- senior night. Senior night. Yeah. Se- okay. yeah. So, senior, so, night. So senior night. So, okay. Growing up in Poplar Bluff, Okay, following college basketball. How much did you follow Duke? Like, how how much was that a? Uh, yeah, I, I followed Duke. I like Duke, okay. but it wasn't. I was never like a a big Duke fan. No, I I, I got it. I just just it's the idea of it's like, okay, so again, growing up in California, the reason I I love Duke was because of Hurley, right? Hurley, that's who I kind of patterned my game after, right? So I, I just I didn't know how big it. So the first time you walk into Cameron. Now, you'd already played Duke. This is the interesting part. Mm-hmm. At what point in your life did you learn to dislike Duke, to hate Duke? Like, how, you know what I mean? Like, when, when did that, how, how did that build As soon up? as I committed to North Carolina, <laughs> I, I bought into it. I never hated Duke before that. I actually enjoyed watching them. They had, sure. uh, let's say, Trajan Langdon was the first real Duke guy that I remember when he was there. He was just lighting them up. And I remember Shane Battier and those teams. Um, how good they were. And then when I was in high school, you know, JJ Reddick kind of popped up on the scene. I was a, you know, a, a senior in high school. And I remember they, they not only, not only did we play them uh, before they kicked our ass in the Smith center, like they, they destroyed us that uh, previous game. And I remember JJ, I think he had 38 in the Smith center, the game before, and he lit us up and I think that's a big reason why we uh, practiced so hard and game plan for that game in Cameron because of what they had done to us previously in the Smith Center. And so going into Cameron that freshman year and getting that win, that's that's probably my favorite regular season win at Carolina was that. And then I remember just the excitement around campus. Whenever, you know, Duke and North Carolina are so close for people who don't know, like when you get a win in Cameron, you want to get on the bus and go back and party uh, back at UNC with all your, you know, your your classmates. I mean, it, it is a big scene. And uh, I remember when we won there, we all celebrated. And as soon as we step on the bus, you know, the text is like, hey, where, where are we going? Like, what's what's happening? 
And uh, we'd all figure that out and then just drop our bags and immediately go to Franklin Street or whatever bar we're going to go to and celebrate. Uh, what are those? What is that game? What do you remember about the game? The actual game itself. The actual game. Yeah. I remember. Uh, yeah. So the actual game, my freshman year, I remember JJ really struggled. I think he got off to a good start and then he really struggled the rest of the game. And, you know, I think half, you know, part of it was because maybe it was senior night for them mm -hmm. and he put a lot of pressure on himself, but also, <laughs> Uh, Marcus Ginyard was a really good defender. David Noel was a really good defender. Frazier was a, you know, a very good defender and Wes could defend at times. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> he, I mean, he, Wes was a pure shooter, yes. but he, he was a competitor too. Uh, and I remember we did a really good job on him and I remember he was five of 21, uh, just, you know. Yeah. Yeah. We did a great job. I mean, in that, did, uh, you, guard, did you guard Sheldon? Cause Sheldon. Sheldon had 18 and 15. Now, yeah, now you did you did well Sheldon yourself. You had, you had uh you had 27 and 10. Yeah, I had a big game there. I mean, it was uh, I think it hit the the top of the key 3 that kind of really sealed the game. Uh so that was a big moment and I remember the one thing I remember about the game is I remember David Noel running up to me uh who was our leader and just we gave each other a huge hug. And that was uh that was really special to me. And that's one of my, you know, looking back, just like that big relief and that celebration and uh us, you know, that team really, you know, walking in there, uh, it was more like, hey, we're much better than a lot of people think. Uh, but uh, you know, later on in that, you know, we went to the NCAA tournament. That was when George Mason beat us. Yeah. And that was a that was a very difficult blow. Uh, because we we felt like we had done such a good job that year, and we just got you know just got uh, caught off guard like any team can in the tournament, and that's what makes it so great. But um, yeah, it was a it was a great year that ended in a tough way for us. Okay, so you're so much different between your freshman sophomore year than you are leading up to your freshman year, right? Because like you said, you don't even know your way on campus. Mm -hmm. You don't know what to expect. You got anxiety over conditioning test. Like, you know, and, and, and as much as Coach Williams is honest, like he's still recruiting you. It's a little different when you're playing for him. You get done with that first year. Where's, where's your brain at in terms of your game, in terms of uh, what you, what you want to do and, and what you thought the next step was for you? Yeah. So after a lot of people don't realize this, the only time I actually really thought about going to the NBA was after my freshman year. And I, I talked it over with my mom and dad and my grandpa. And I remember, you know, I felt like, you know, if I was going to go, that would, that would be the time. And I felt like I'd put myself in good position. Uh, but um, I decided to come back to Carolina. I actually got a little homesick. I miss my, I miss Poplar Bluff um, in a weird way, but, um, I did get a little comfortable and I, I would say, why is it, why is it in a weird way? But tell, tell me, tell me why it's in a weird way. Because, you know, when you think you go to North Carolina, your star basketball player, uh, going to a great school, you know, you wouldn't think that, you know, you miss your hometown. And so I, I did miss, I, I, yeah, I miss my hometown. Yeah. A lot of friends. It's first time being away from, you know, my home for a long time. And so I, I you know, that was, uh, 
you know, a lot of people, when you're from a small city, they're like, man, I just, just want to make it out of here or I want to get out of here. And I'm like, what are you going to do when you get out of here? You can do the same thing at some other city. And uh, I've always asked that, but um, no, and I did miss, miss, I guess I miss my friends and family a lot, uh, but sure. Uh, looking back on it, um, coming into my sophomore year, I really think. So wait, so what was the deciding factor in like, what'd your mom say? You talked to mom and dad, what, what, what'd they say about, about the idea of going pro? I mean, they were both, we'll support you, whatever you want to do. But my grandpa, who's very opinionated, I called him. He's like, you better go back to school. He was very passionate about that. What, what do you call your grandpa? I, I called him Paul Paul growing he's, up. I mean, he's no longer here, but he was, okay. he was somebody who. Okay. So you, wait, so you call Papa or he called you? No, I called him. And, uh, okay. So you, you call, you call him. Get, get like what was it what's the, what's the phone call what's the conversation like i said hey paul paul i'm uh thinking you know what do you think about if i were to go to the nba uh you know leave carolina you know my grandpa at the time he was very old school and he a, a lot of people don't realize he's the first person in his family to ever graduate from actually even high school and so he became a doctor came out of poverty and he said you better go back to school and so that was it and that was the whole conversation. He was like, "No, I think you need to go back to school." That was it. And so, what did he call? You? What did he call you? He, he called you Tyler. Yeah, he, he just called he call me you? Tyler. And okay. so, so he said, "Tyler, you need to go back to school." That was it. And that was all. <laughs> that that was my grandpa. That was it. Very direct, honest. And uh, then we moved on and probably talked about something else. Uh, but yeah, that was uh, a big reason why I went back to Carolina was because of his advice. Uh, and then leading into my sophomore year, I felt like I had a down year. My sophomore year, I didn't really meet the expectations that I wanted. And so, you know, in a weird way, everyone talks about like a sophomore slump or whatever. For me, is I got too comfortable. And uh, I think uh, the success I had my freshman year, sometimes I say I don't handle success as well as I do losing because losing drives me a lot more. And so – sure. And so I felt like I was just going to repeat what I did. But even though I had a good sophomore year, I don't, I don't think I met the expectations that I wanted. And so that's what really drove me uh, the summer in between my sophomore and junior year is to really, really improve. And we, we took a tough loss that sophomore year. Uh, where did we lose? We lost to Georgetown. Georgetown. In the lead eight, yeah. you you did win the ACC and the ACC tournament. Like as a team, you guys were pretty good, and you lost in the lead eight to Georgetown. So it wasn't like it was a, it was a as a team, it wasn't a disaster. No, it was. Why, why did you think that? Why why did you person? What what was missing for you? I didn't feel I didn't feel like the regular ACC play. I didn't feel like I played to uh, what I was capable of. Uh, there were some things I wanted to add to my game that uh, I didn't really, you know, put it in like I, I should have. But it, and even though I had a good sophomore year, uh, that uh, Georgetown loss was tough. And, you know, the Elite Eight is is very good looking back. But that team was too talented. I feel like we let one slip. If you look at the game, I think we're up to, by 10 with about two minutes left. And uh, the Georgetown loss. And so that was a, that was a really motivating factor as well. And and uh, Coach Williams, he wasn't happy about that Elite Eight loss. I mean, he, I mean, we came back to uh, to campus, and <laughs> there was newspaper clippings all through everyone's uh, the locker room about how Georgetown was going to the Final Four and everything. 
So no one really was really happy with that. And uh, I think those factors kind of led me to work really hard uh, in between my sophomore and junior uh, season at Carolina. You know, you, you, you did gloss over the fact that you beat Duke yet again, right? So the first time you do it, it's senior night. <clears throat> that one wasn't senior night. It was, it's February. You go in there. Do you remember the second Duke game? Let me see here. Uh, they had Paulus. They had McRoberts. Um, yep. M- was McClure. Henderson. Yeah. Hen- David McClure. Yeah. Shire. Yep. Uh, Lance uh, Thomas. Lance Thomas played a little bit there. Mm-hmm. McRoberts was a, was a big time uh, player in high school. Yeah. And so I remember that matchup wanting to, to get that. But uh, yeah, anytime you win at Duke, it's a big deal. And uh, <laughs> I remember that one. Um, I'm not even sure what was the final score. I think they made a run late to keep it close. Uh, but 79, 73. Now they weren't, they weren't that good that year. Yeah. They, right? I mean, they, it was, they weren't that good. They, they weren't that good, but also, um, Gerald Henderson is, he was a very good competitor and, uh, yeah, he, he was explosive athletically. And I remember that's the first time I really got a glimpse of him and as a player. And I remember I was like, man, he's going to be really good. And, you know, that that's kind of where that was, but yeah, I mean, do you guys ever interact with those guys? Like, like it's not that big an area, right? You got, you guys, uh, NC state, you know, wake, you're all kind of in the, in the triangle in that area. Do you guys ever see each other? Do you ever hoop with each other? Do you ever interact with each other? Any of that stuff outside of, outside of the games? One time, did they come over to the Smith Center and, and play pickup with us? Um, we never. Like, I know that early on that uh, the Duke guys would come over and play pickup, but that was before I got there. They just came over one time. We never really had much of an interaction, and I never saw uh, the NC State players uh, here or there. So I, I mean. I, Occasionally, I'd run into a Duke player. Very occasionally, I ran into Sheldon a couple times. Actually, he came over and said, "What's up?" Uh, but there was no uh, one time I saw a Duke player at a, at a Carolina bar when I was out. Uh, I wasn't really happy about that. But besides, <laughs> and that was that was just looking back. That's just so stupid. I mean, like, nah, hey man, you're at UNC. Like, I totally get. I I get it. Like, you just like I yeah. just hate. I don't know. And I didn't hate any. Buddy team, I had no like. I liked Oklahoma basketball and football when I was a kid in California. Like, I got there and they're like, "Look, man, we hate OU." And you're like, "I don't know if I hate OU." Then you get there and you're like, "Yeah, I, I, I hate them. I, I hate them." That, that's funny because um, the same mentality is like, you know, you're sitting around with some some teammates and you run into a, you know, somebody on the team. They come over and you dap them up, and then they leave and they're like, "Dude, what the fuck are you doing, man?" And uh, then. Uh, <laughs> you, then, then, then you do that to them. You're like, man, dude, that dude's man. Fuck him. Blah blah blah. And then they come over, like, oh, hey, what's that? How you doing? And then you say, what's something like? Then you look over and like, what, dude? What are you doing? And uh, yeah, <laughs> and we had that uh, same mentality. And uh, I remember I ran into a Duke player over, you know, this spot we used to always go out at, and uh, where La Res, what spot? La Residence. We used to call it La Res, and it was, uh, it was a the best bar in Chapel Hill when I was in school. And so I saw a Duke player in there. Why? why? Because, the, because the talent, because the setup, because the music, why? it was everything that combined. Uh, it was great music. It was a great bar. And it wasn't like, 
it wasn't overran with too much frat guy. It was a good mixture of athletes, regular students, and you know, you know, sororities and the fraternities. They were involved a little bit, but uh, and I remember I, I saw a Duke player there, and you know, you you sit and you're like, man, what's going on? You get a few drinks in you, and you're like, man, this is our fucking campus. And then you start, you know, walking in, and so so eventually, I was like. Do what you can't go get your own girls over at Duke or something like that. And he looked at me, goes, to be 100% honest with you, this is a much better scene. And then I think we both dapped each other up right there <laughs> and just started laughing. Uh, but yeah. Uh, yeah, that was uh, that was pretty funny. But no, nah, it was uh, that's the only interaction I had running into somebody actually at UNC, even though I heard that uh, I don't know how true this is. There's so many rumors out there, but. I heard that JJ Redding one time went went out in UNC, and uh, he went to this place called Bob's, and I, apparently everyone just—I mean—he ended up leaving. But that was just a rumor. I'm not sure if it's true or not. All right, that's it for part one. Stay tuned for part two. We'll drop it in a couple of days. I know, I know, you're salivating at more of uh, Tyler Hansborough. Oh yeah, we got the national championship season plus. All the way up to the green room. That's all part of part two. In the meantime, reminder the Doug Gottlieb show is daily, three to five Eastern time, 12 to 2 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, the iHeartRadio app. You can always just follow me on social media. And look, remember, subscribe, download, rate, write a review, even if you don't like it, but I think you do like it. Write a review. I'm Doug Gottlieb. This is All Ball. Three six five. We don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets when you bet just five dollars. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet three six five. Twenty one plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call one eight hundred Gambler. Terms and conditions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.